Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alzan, and today we got a special treat. We got Mr. Josh Wilson in the studio with us. Hey, good morning. All right, of course, Josh, you are the automatic transmission guru. That's right, the resident automatic transmission guru at Agco. So if you have an automatic transmission problem, today is the perfect day to call in because Josh is here. He can give you a detailed explanation. I know a little bit about what I've heard you talk about. but <laughs> That's right. We'll get you squared away on your transmission problems. I usually get in here three, four times a year. Yeah, we try to and always get stacked up at the end of the show. So get your calls in and get them answered while I'm here. There you go. And of course, we'll take a call. Any problem you might have, any kind That's of problem right. you have, and squeaking brakes, squeaking belts, you just name it, you give us a call. We're going to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. That number is 291 6901. And of course, you stick a 225 in front of that. You can call us from anywhere within the continental United States. And we really wish you would. Of course, we like hearing from our folks in Baton Rouge as well. Oh, absolutely. Now, just in case you can't call in or something occur to you after the show goes off the air, of course, you go to our website. It's www.agcoauto. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. And if you go to that website, there's a little contact feature on every single page. You hit the contact button and send an email to me, and I'll get an answer back to you within 24 hours, sometimes a whole lot sooner. But that's the other way you can get your questions answered. Of course, right now, all you have to do is give us a call. That's right. We are sitting here waiting. That's right. Live and in person. Got three lines wide open just waiting for a caller. 291-6901. Today, with the cool weather here in South Louisiana, it brings up a point. Cool weather tends to bring out transmission. It doesn't necessarily cause the problem. No, it doesn't cause any problem. But yes, they do tend to be a lot more noticeable. First few cold snaps. Mm -hmm. Reveal problems. It it reveals typically any old or hardened seals mm-hmm. that will allow fluid to go past it that's when you're really going to notice that problem occur is w- when you get the cold weather mm-hmm. whether it be a leak outside the transmission onto the ground or an internal leak which would result into a slip slip or maybe a delayed engagement. A delayed engagement it takes a little bit longer for it engage in the drive or reverse mm-hmm. that's real real common when these when the cold weather comes on on some of the older vehicles and they really don't have to be that old and just depends on the condition of the seal as to whether or not it's hard to show up or not exactly i guess what causes that a number of things but not replacing your fluid in the transmission often enough a fluid and filter having a proper service because fluid has a seal conditioner in it which tends to keep those seals nice and pliable that's right all of your transmission fluids have many additives and conditioners in it that will deplete over time the seal conditioner and the friction additives real real important to keep that serviced on a regular basis to really get the most out of the life of that transmission right try to head off problems before they actually occur that's right let's go to our phone lines with gerald good morning gerald fine day it is that got a 96 chevy pickup truck okay that's what it's doing the tack will drop out and the tranny go to limp mode okay at the same time at the same time that's happened three times over a month yeah when when the tachometer drops out jerry you're losing an input which could be the crank sensor that's one of the inputs to it when it loses that input the transmission is going to become confused because it has to know the speed of the engine in order to shift so whenever it loses any kind of an input it's going to do that so you're going to need to track down why that tack is dropping out most likely i would i would start looking at the crank sensor and the crank sensor connection you know the pigtail that goes to it and see if you don't have a, a problem there 
a lot of times what will happen is the sensor will actually go bad and it will start leaking oil where the plastic and the metal comes together. The oil will come up through it. It will get on that connector and swell it up. And when it does, the connector gets loose. So you may hit a little bump in the road and it loses contact. Or when it does, the tack drops to zero and the computer goes berserk because it doesn't know how fast the engine's turning any longer. So those are most likely going to be the same problem. I would doubt that's going to be a problem in the transmission itself at all. That's that's way more likely going to be on the outside of the transmission. Yeah, true. And another thing that was real common on those 96s is the ignition switch. Mm-hmm. We have had many, many people that came in and thought they needed a transmission, and the ignition switch was actually dropping out, and all of the power that goes to the trans goes through the ignition switch. Right, it's one of the feeds. In other words, the ignition is one feed, the accessor is another feed, the transmission may be another feed. It may have 15 feeds on that one switch. And see, some of your dash gauges like the tachometer may be looking at that one feed. So if the ignition switch drops out on one leg, it may cut power to that circuit, which is, again, affecting the transmission. So that would be another thing. What you have to do with that thing, Gerald, is put a scope on it. And when you're driving, if you can see the crank sensor still reading, then you know it's okay. So then you move on to the second thing. Then you'd have to monitor the ignition, all the different feeds on that, find the one that goes transmission, and see if it's dropping out on there. But that could be a relatively simple fix, just depending on what it is. Yeah, it happens. If you find somewhere to pull over right quick, mm-hmm. all you have to do is kill the motor, sure. start right back up, and everything's fine. Yeah, we'll see what happens with a computer is anytime you turn it off and you restart it, it's kind of rebooting your computer at home. It right. kind of wakes up in a new world each time. So okay. any fault that's occurred, when you turn it off and turn it back on, it's going to move that fault over to memory, and it's going to clear the register so it's going to start operating again until it happens again. Now, as long as that code is active in memory, it may not shift. It may go to a default mode or a limp mode or something like that. So that will temporarily clear it, but that's just kind of you know kicking the can down the road. You need to go ahead and find out what it is, because if it is, say, the crank sensor, it's going to end up dropping out, and you're going to lose, and you're going to die, and you're going to be stranded. Or if it's the ignition switch, it could leave you stranded. So you probably need to go ahead and find that problem and get it taken care of. That's right. If you have somebody pull history codes, mm-hmm. and if you have a lot of transmission solenoid codes, like like every single solenoid in there, lockup, shift, computer driver codes, if you just have a whole lot of different codes, it, it's almost impossible for all of that to fail at one time, but all of that is fed by the ignition switch. Right. So if the so switch drops out... If you have a whole lot of codes, that really is pointing you towards the ignition switch. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, I figured it was some type of electrical problem. Oh, yeah, so absolutely. I did change uh, about a year and a half ago. I did change the cylinder in the uh, in the ignition switch. Yeah, I but did see, that's, that's the lock cylinder. That's not the switch. You know, the cylinder well, is totally separate from the switch. Right. The cylinder is just a lock that keeps you from turning the switch to start it, but the switch is down behind that inside the column, and right. those switches do go out quite a bit. All right, well, I'll get down there and check that crank and see what I got there, and then go from there. There to you the, go. And the ignition switch. All right. Sounds like a plan, man. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive hour, we would absolutely love to have you. Why don't you go and give us a call? We'll be glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction, spend a little bit of our Saturday morning with you. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be right back with more on the automotive hour. And that's why cayenne pepper should never be stored in the bathroom. Hey, it's the Ask Alphonse Show with me, Alphonse the Know-It-All Cajun. Hey! 
Caller, what you want to know? Alphonse, my car needs a new transmission, but I think there might be some other problems looming in the near future. I might as well get a new car, right? Well, here's what I'll recommend. Take it to the pros at Agco Automotive for a general inspection. They know their stuff and they're mighty honest. They'll be able to see if there's any problems likely in the future and tell you your best option. And if you keep your car, bring it into Agco for regular maintenance and you'll be driving it for a long time. Thank you, Alphonse. You do know it all. Say, are you as good-looking as you are smart? Well, let's just say, I know you wouldn't be disappointed. Booyah! Learn more about the benefits of AGCO at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O dot com. AGCO, it's the place to go. Welcome back to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Josh Wilson, the resident transmission guru over at AGCO. So if you have any kind of problems with your car, oh, squeaking brake, squeaking belt, won't start, won't stop, you give us a call. And, of course, anything on transmission is a particularly good day to call. That's right. We'll get your calls in. We'll get you squared away. There you go. And you don't have to make me kind of bumble and stumble and try to, <laughs> well, let's see now. What did he say about it? <laughs> I'm not going to go too far into that. There but, uh, you go. <laughs> hey, I do all right, though. <laughs> that's right. You do. I got a pretty good memory. You know, we were talking about the cold weather kind of bringing on a lot of problems, revealing problems. They maybe were there before. You just didn't notice them because they weren't giving you a lot of symptoms. That's right. Typically, the rubber seals inside the transmission, I mean, they're going to heat up, they're going to expand with the heat, and they're going to shrink with the cold temps. Mm-hmm. When they shrink down and just with over age and time, that's kind of a normal occurrence. And the colder the weather gets, the more you're going to notice that. Mm-hmm. And what happens when they shrink? They start leaking, not necessarily to the outside. In other words, they can leak past the seal that applies a clutch, and the fluid just runs back to the pan. So you don't see a leak on the outside per se. It's not what you think of as a leak. That's right. It could be either either side, you know, internal mm-hmm. circuit leak or an external seal leak. Either one of them, you know, you're going to want to get addressed, and really you want to head them off. Yeah, if and you can. The only way the the only way you can do that is to do your services. That's right. Uh, by uh, doing a regular service on the transmission, you could prevent a lot of these problems. That's right. Rather and, than try to fix them and down the road. Extremely, extremely important to get that service done correctly. Improper service is going to cause you even more problems. Well, yeah, you don't ever want a flush. That's where they go and hook a little machine up, just run some clean fluid through a dirty transmission. And, of course, the first thing they're going to tell you to try to sell you a flush is this changes 100% of fluid, which is an outright lie. It does not change 100% of fluid. In fact, if you do the statistics on it, it probably changes less fluid than you change when you drop the pan. That's right. Service, I mean, it's a maintenance item, but into the automatic transmissions, especially these newer models, this is a pretty complicated procedure. Really, really need to have somebody that is experienced and is going to do the job correctly. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that can go wrong by trying to do a service, going in, putting the wrong fluid in, putting the wrong, wrong filter. filter in. Right. And I can't even tell you how much time. Pinching the fluid. gasket, over-tightening the gasket. That's right. On um, and on and on. And I think that's one reason they push these flushes so much, because a C-Tech can go in and hook a little machine up. That's right. Even though it does it no good, take, it's something they can charge for. It's something that they can do over and over and over again. All they're doing is taking the cooler line off and letting the, some of the old fluid run out while they're adding in new fluid. Mm-hmm. But that's not a direct circuit where all of the 
old fluid is coming out and all the new fluid is coming in no, some of the new fluid is coming right back out right well that and the cooler circuit may only be 20 percent of the total flow in the transmission that's right and another point is all of these newer ones have thermostatic valve in there in that cooler line and that's right if it's not up to temp it's it's not even going to go through there right it's going to shut it off and it's just bypass that line so you're not doing any good at all with something like that so one of those things you really want to try to avoid, transmission flush, you want a proper service instead. We got Harith online. Good morning, Harith. How you doing, Mr. Alderson? Doing great, sir. I got a 98 Chevy with 289,000 on it. Okay. The wheel bearings, right? Like the front wheel bearings, every 12 to 15 months they go out. Okay. And I every time I get the, the wheel bearings changed out, I go get the alignment done, but it still fails. Mm-hmm. What could be causing that? Most of the time it's being done improperly. Very, very few people know how to how to actually set, adjust, and pack a wheel bearing properly. Very few shops know how to do that. And as those vehicles get older, there's just so few of those you see out there. A lot of the technicians that are in the field today have never even seen an adjustable wheel bearing. They're used to the wheel bearing assemblies they just bolt on. And fewer and fewer of them know how to actually set those wheel bearings. If both of them are going out, then I would probably highly suspect they're not being set properly. And I've got an article on my site that shows you how that's supposed to be done. You can read that article and then go in and ask them about, do you do you have a dial indicator? Did you put on, what was the end play on the bearing? And if they look at you with a real confused look on your face, then, then, you, know, right. then you know exactly what you're up against. Okay. But that is by far the most common. Now, obviously a bent spindle or something like that, but that would be unusual to have on both sides of the vehicle. I would almost bet you a dollar to a donut that they're not being set properly. And the average life on that will be about six months to 12 months, depending on how far out they are. Okay, then. All righty. All right, man. Thank you. Thanks for calling, man. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the automotive, we would love to have you. That's a very common issue, not only on wheel bearings, but on just about everything. A lot of what passes as technicians today are actually not even parts changers. They're just maybe a guy who was flipping burgers at McDonald's two weeks ago, and he's working in an automotive shop today, and somebody's kind of showed him a book and taught him a little bit or whatever. But just some of the real fundamental services, particularly on older vehicles like that one where you have an adjustable wheel bearing, they just don't know how to do it. That's right. It almost sounds like they're... They're just running that nut up tight and tight, or just no slack in it at all. Taking the end play out, thinking that that's the proper way to do it because that's what you do on a wheel bearing assembly. What you would do is just replace the whole assembly and tighten the nut down. So they do the that's same right. thing on that, not knowing that that bearing has got to be set with a specific end play, set with a dial indicator in order to have room for expansion for the grease to fit in the bearing. And that's one reason we wrote that entire article. And you know, I've had actually technicians read that article and say, oh, we don't do all that. Okay, fine. What do you do when it comes back burned up? <laughs> so, well, that was abuse. <laughs> yeah, that's abuse. <laughs> Let's go back to our phone lines. We've got Jane. Yes, ma'am. What can we do for you? Good morning. I like your show. Well, I hear you. you talking about transmissions this yes, morning. Yes, ma'am. And I have a year 2000 Honda Accord EX. Mm-hmm. I bought it secondhand two years ago in Super excellent shape. Okay. The previous owners really babied the car. Currently, it has 119,267 on it. Okay. Back in June, my check engine light came on. Yes, ma'am. I was doing, I was getting some work done on it just because I want to keep it in good shape. Yes, ma'am. And the computer said that the transmission clutch was not engaging. Yeah, probably a torque converter clutch. But I wasn't experiencing any 
symptoms of Well, that you noticed. It's kind of subtle. You'd have to really know what you were looking for to see it. Well, I, I, I wasn't. I, every now and then, I wasn't sure if it was a bump in the road. Right, or a little shudder. Little, just a little, kind of a little slip when I was yeah, going to take off. exactly. Okay, so my mechanic that I trust said, about time to change change your transmission fluid. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And we ended up changing the distributor and stuff. And I said, right. well, I, he said, you can wait a little bit, and I'll take care of it soon. So now my check engine light's on again. Yes, ma'am. I am feeling that little slip sometimes. Mm-hmm. But when I got the computer read, it says it's the sensor. So. Well, it doesn't say the sensor. It just says the input is missing or improper. It never says what it is. It just gives you a symptom that it sees. What's happening on that? They had a problem in the 98 to 2004 Hondas uh, right. with the clutch materials on them delaminating, coming apart, and such as that. And it sounds like you're in the early stages of that failing. That is going to inevitably be a transmission rebuild. Uh, I don't know how long before total well, failure, but that's where it's going. With that in mind, when I purchased the car from mm-hmm. this couple, yes, ma'am, and they did take good care of it, he told me that not long after they bought the car, mm-hmm. there was a recall. That is correct. And that they got a total new transmission no they didn't get a new transmission they got a rebuilt transmission and that rebuilt transmission was exactly the same as the one they took out because you can't can't get a new absolutely not from the factory no ma'am no ma'am the only way to get a new transmission buy a new car that is a rebuilt transmission okay so it's it's probably on the second round because the one they put back was exactly the same as the one they took out okay so this is my question then Mm -hmm. so i was thinking you know if if I change my transmission fluid now, mm-hmm. is that going to help things, or do I need to go to a transmission shop because my mechanic doesn't do uh, – he could change my fluid. Yes, ma'am. Well, you could change the fluid. It may help. It may not. It just depends on how severe the problem is. It's certainly not going to hurt anything to change it, but okay. inevitably it's going to fail whether you change transmission fluid or not. Changing the fluid may buy you some time but it's probably not going to prevent the inevitable. Now, all that said, when we rebuild that transmission, I'm going to let Josh tell you a lot more about it, but there's several things we can do that will fix this problem. Okay. In other words, we can make it better than it was originally. Josh, why don't you That's right. About? And I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that is okay. going to be a very expensive unit to, to rebuild. And then how many few thousand? Um, those are thirty-five to yeah, 4000 a lot those, of times. Those are getting up over th- uh, three grand okay but well I, I, I mean i have the money to do it mm-hmm. uh, but right you know i just i want to see what's the best i mean right. am i going to waste my money switching the fluid out or do i just need to go to the transmission shop you may bet you may buy some time if you know if you don't want to do it right this minute and the other thing is i would still check it out if you brought the car you know even with these symptoms it still needs to be looked at and checked out to see exactly what's going on yeah most general but mechanics are not those, going to do that yeah those honda clutches do not use the honda clutches there is another company that makes a clutch that will hold up and do not use the honda torque converter there's another company that has improved the design on the torque converter there's reinforce the case a lot of times Right. A lot of them need to have the case machined. There's a shift kit that changes out some of the valves. There's a lot of work that goes into rebuilding a Honda. Correctly. Yeah, to fix all of the problems that they were having with those units. But it can be fixed, and it can extremely high mileage transmission once it's been properly fixed. Right. We give a three-year, 50,000-mile warranty on our repair. So, I mean, once it's fixed, you're pretty much going to be able to drive it from then on. Okay, so don't use the Honda butt? Well, when we rebuild it, we don't use the Honda clutches and torque converter because there are better ones available there, there are companies that have come out with repair with repair parts that are exceeding the original equipment part that's right you really want to be choosy when you're doing this repair because 
it either way you go, it's an expensive repair, and you do not want to be doing this a second time. So you want to make sure whoever, whatever shop is doing it, whether it's us or somebody else, is doing it properly. But oh. I can tell you, you know, what we do is we get rid of all of the repeat failure items in there and upgrade. We do a, a lot of upgrades, and that is just a very labor-intensive job to, to properly rebuild that one. It's just not take it apart, replace some bad pieces, and put it back together and, and roll you down the road. Okay, uh, there, there's forgive a me, lot but I didn't more. realize you have a shop. Oh, yeah. That is our main business. We just do the show. What's your website? Uh, agcoauto.com. A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Oh, okay. I've been hearing the commercials when yes, I ma'am. in the morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, because I'm in Gonzales, and yes, my ma'am. daughter oh. is an hour past Atlanta. Mm-hmm. And so at least once a year, I'm making that long drive yeah. over there. Well, before you head out on the road again, you probably want to have that looked at. And particularly, it may show up more now with the colder weather coming on. Generally, right. cold weather is going to bring those kinds of problems out. Yeah, I heard that just a little while ago. Mm-hmm. Okay. All righty. So um, I'm going to give you guys a call Monday morning. Then. There you go. Just give us a call. We're glad to look at it. Great. Thank you All right. so much. Thank you, ma'am. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you're only part of the Automotive Eye, we'd love to have you. We're going back to our phone lines. Hey, yeah, Arthur. Good morning. Yes, sir. Hello, yeah, thank you. I have a 05 price for town and country, and got a hundred and ten, eleven thousand 11,000 miles on it. I noticed on a trip just recently that the speed on the speedometer versus the ground speed indicator from the GPS showed a, a variance up to about 60, 65. It was pretty much right on, but... When you got up to around 70, 75, and a little above that, it began to see a spread that the speedometer was a little slower than the GPS, maybe as much as five miles an hour. Yeah, I would not be at all concerned with that, author, because that speedometer is not a precise instrument. It is a indication of speed. And it's optimized for around 60 miles an hour. When you go way more above that or way below that, particularly above that, they can very easily read that much off. And the same thing with a GPS. It doesn't read precisely. It's calculating based on movement that it sees. But it's not. neither one of them are a precise instrument. I mean, if you told me it was 15 miles off, I would say, yeah, it's a problem. But five miles to 75 miles an hour is, is virtually nothing. I mean, even the wear on your tires can change almost that much you got a quarter inch of wear on a tire it's going to change your speedometer reading only because it's measuring the revolutions of that tire and you're a little bit different tire size less air in the tire i mean it's just not a precision instrument not going to read precise i wouldn't be concerned about that at all okay all right well thank you sir yes sir thank you we're going to take one more quick little break and we will be right back with more on the automotive hour and that's why justin bieber should never i repeat never be cloned hey it's the ask alphonse show with me alphonse the know-it-all cajun caller what you want to know alphonse my six-year-old car needs about twenty five hundred dollars worth of work a new ac and tires you think i should do it or invest in a new car so how much you paid for it six years ago $40,000. $40,000. Well, now it's valued at about $10,000, so it costs you $30,000 to drive it the last six years. That's $5,000 a year. Well, let's say you keep the car and spend about $2,500 on repairs every couple of years, which is about $1,200 a year. Way less than a new car, huh? Whoa, sounds like I need to keep my old car. Then bring it to Agco Automotive for regular maintenance, and it will last you even longer. 
Now that sounds like a good investment. Hey, Al, you got any stock market tips? Oh, for that, you got to tune to my other show, Al's Financial Hour. Learn more about the benefits of AGCO at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. AGCO, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. You just joined us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Lewis Aldersand, with Mr. Josh Wilson. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. Why don't you go give us a call? It's 291-6901. It'll get you right straight to us. Got all our lines wide open. Kind of get you up to the top of the list and discuss your problem with your completely that's right back to that the new transmission right myth that comes from the usually from the dealers they have a department that rebuilds transmissions right a division that, of of the car companies that's be, right be it general motors or honda or toyota or whomever yeah all of them the same they'll have their own division some of them may even sub that out to another company and mm-hmm. by the rebuilt transmission from them it'll be their their specifications right but you are not ever going to get a new transmission unless unless your car is still 14 you may get a new one yeah but other than that it's going to be a rebuilt transmission right it's remanufactured and it's not to say it's not good but a lot of times they will represent it as a new transmission and that is not the case generally to get a new transmission you're gonna have to buy a new car now there are a couple of exceptions like we talked about last week no matter what you say there's going to be an exception somewhere i know there are some transmissions out that are just so torn up when they go bad that there are no cores left to rebuild and occasionally you will hear well this is a new transmission but those are generally way up in like five thousand dollar range or so yeah it, if seen, you get a new transmission it is going to be five six thousand dollars i have seen one or two of those over my entire career where it was actually a new transmission you were getting that's right and, and i probably just a, a small handful that i can remember and you know i've been in the shop since i was about 12 so. that's right that's right i ain't gonna say how old you are now which <laughs> <laughs> you way on up there so yeah but yeah rarely are you ever going to get and i know sometimes they may represent it to you as a new transmission but it's not it's a remanufactured transmission and with the problem with the honda unit is that when they were changing them out under recall you were getting the exact same unit that they had before. So it wasn't going to last a whole lot longer than the one that Recall did. That's right. The, the exact same clutches. I mean, we got a handful of those clutches from Honda to look at them, and you could just scrape the lining off with your thumbnail. Right. just wasn't a good design from the beginning, which is kind of atypical of Honda to have something like that. But in this particular pro- time, that Hey, Dave. Yeah. Hey, I'm getting ready to put hubs on my 04 Dodge Dakota front wheel hubs. Yes, sir. And I can't get a straight answer on whether you torque them down or tighten them up and back them off. Uh, what kind of bearing does that have? Is it a regular packable bearing where you can take the bearings out of it? No, it's a whole hub and the bearings are non-removable. Okay, if it's a bearing assembly, I got like three bolts on the back and hold the assembly to the vehicle and then one big nut on the outside... Yeah, yeah, no bolts in the back. It's it's like a snap ring on the on the back bearing, and then one big bolt in the front that's got a nylon washer in it. Yeah, I would have to yeah. see that one. I'm not familiar with exactly what design. The only ones that you adjust are the ones where you can take the bearings out and actually pack them, sort of okay, like on, you, on your older vehicles or a boat trailer. Okay. Right. The, if, the, if it's a sealed bearing unit, or you bought it as a sealed unit, then you're going to torque that, that big nut down to a specified torque. And that torque's okay. going to be pretty high. It should come with the bearing. It's normally an instruction sheet that'll give you the torque. Those can be as much as 200 foot pounds a lot of times. It's usually pretty tight. Because, yeah, see, it's I had got to a. Use- half-inch drive breaker bar to get that thing right, on right right see the way those are made they've actually got a sleeve right. between the bearings right. and that sleeve will bottom out and automatically set the end play on the bearings so no matter how tight you put it it's not the bearings will automatically be set to the right end play 
All right. And it just okay. tightens down against that. Whereas a bearing that you can take out and pack doesn't have a sleeve, so you have to adjust those. You have to leave play in them. Yeah, I knew that on the old car. Exactly right. There bearing. you go. You, no, if it's a one-piece. You tighten it up and back it off a turn. Well, not necessarily. You're supposed to put a dial indicator yeah. on it and measure four to six thousands in play, but that's yeah. a whole other story. <laughs> All right. But yeah, well, on that one, you, you would torque that nut down. Yes, sir. Okay, I'm going to go torque it down. There you go, Dave. Thanks, man. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hi, 291-6901 is our number, and you can give us a call. We're glad to try to help you out and point you in the right direction. That's right. We were talking about transmissions and stuff like that, and a lot of times this time of year, people are starting to look at taking trips and such because Thanksgiving is right around the corner. That's right. A lot of family vacation, road trips coming up. Mm -hmm. Uh, And one of the things, I mean, that just, just tears you up is right at Thanksgiving or Christmas, somebody's going to come in and with a major failure and and you can really see it you can see their christmas being ruined right in front of your face and that's right and you hate to see that and now is really a good time to get your cars in get them checked out make sure everything is road ready so that when it is time you're you're not hit with any surprises well you don't want to wait till the day before thanksgiving because we get folks comes in inevitably a a day or two days, three days, and it might take four or five days to rebuild this transmission. Not only that, but it's a huge expense that they didn't expect. They, they've already made their plans. They've already spent their money on their vacation. Whereas if you bring the car in right now, if there is no problem, we're going to let you know that, and then you can go with a good peace of mind. If there is a problem, you can address it right now while you've got time to do it, and before it's an emergency, you can recoup a little bit from the expense of doing it, maybe adjust your vacation plans if you have to, but if you wait right until you're ready to leave vacation, that's going to be a big issue. That's right. And you feed your technicians or us, feed us all the information that you can when you're getting your vehicle checked out. If I, if we're doing a general inspection and I see that the brakes are three or four millimeters, I mean, well, you know, that's okay. You got time. But if you tell me, hey, we're going to Tennessee to the mountains, you right, know, or we're going, we're going out west. Colorado to the mountains. Colorado or something. Well, we're it's saying, time hey, to change those brakes right now. Let's, let's do them brakes. Yeah, you know, before. All of that kind of information is going to help you have the best trouble-free trip possible that's right and let's say you have an intermittent problem with your transmission like the lady before says well every once in a while i feel a little slip well you need to let them know that because if it didn't set a code and they don't know that they're not going to have any way to know they may if you just go in and say service my transmission they're going to do what you ask they're going to service transmission but if they know there's a problem they're going to look a lot deeper we don't automatically go in and spend hours looking for a problem when there's no reason because we'll be charging people for stuff they don't need so you have to make the uh, tech aware of any problems that you're looking for when you're bringing in, and that way he'll be sure or way more sure to find that problem for you. That's right. Any problems that you're having and what your intentions are with the vehicle. I mean, right. is this something you're keeping for six more months and you want to get rid of, or is this something you want to keep long Six more years. And, and head any problems off. There you go. And we're going back to our phone lines with Herb. Good morning, Herb. Good morning. Look, I bought a Talk to you for I bought a two year old Honda. It was brand new on the showroom floor, yes, but sir. it was two years old. Yes, and it, is the fluid does the, it's probably been outside of two. You know, does it does the fluid deteriorate in them two years in the transmission? Yeah, I would go ahead and look at Chase four years. How, how long have you had it, Herb? I've had it about six months, but it was two years yeah. old to the day one. How many miles you got on Herb? Nine thousand. Oh, nine thousand. Uh, you could probably wait a little longer. I wouldn't wait. Normally, I recommend servicing those about every 30,000 miles. I wouldn't wait to 30 on that one. I'd probably do it around maybe 15. Yeah, uh, I But was, I think that would be good. I was afraid it, bought it in New Orleans, I was afraid it might have got some moisture in there from 
from the humidity. Well, I'm going to tell you, Herb, you're a pretty handy guy, and that's a real easy service. I mean, you could do yeah. it yourself, cost yeah. you almost nothing, and certainly would head off a problem. If you have any right. suspicions, I mean, you can just take the plug out, drain out three and a half quarts, put it back in, fill it up again, and, I mean, you could do it one time at that low mileage and probably do all the good in the world mm-hmm. and well, just I, head yeah. off a problem. I had talked to y'all before with Josh wasn't on there, and mm-hmm. I would uh, one. Just I just haven't think the way y'all was talking there. Maybe my fluid is breaking down on it just from age, you know. In your case, not going to have a whole lot of breakdown on it, but if you have the wherewithal to to drain yeah. and fill, I mean that is just yeah. go get go get you a case of Honda ATF. Yeah, yeah. and talking and, pennies. You know, every two or three oil changes, right. what's draining and filling the trans? Yeah, I mean, it's it's the plug relative right next. to the cost. Yeah. It, mm-hmm. Well, I bought four quarts the other day just for that purpose. Oh, absolutely. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I see it. the. A transmission doesn't have the inherent problems of an engine because you don't have a combustion process going on where it's getting you know hot and having vapors and having carbon monoxide and everything leak into it. You don't have those, but you do have a heat cool heat cool process going on. So I don't think it's mandatory like it's going to fail if you don't do it. But certainly, if you could do it yourself, the cost is so low, right. it's just not worth assuming any risk at all. Okay, well, that's what I'm fixing to do then. All righty. Thank you, sir. Thanks for calling, Herb. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, 291-6901 is the number. If you want to be part of the Automotive Hour, we would absolutely love to have you. Always appreciate hearing from you and hearing your questions and your calls and so on. A lot of times we get folks in who think they have a transmission problem who actually don't have a transmission problem at all. That's right. And real recently, I mean, this just the other day, we had the Dodge Caravan came in, mm-hmm. wasn't shifting. In wouldn't mode. shift at all wouldn't shift at all and pull it in check it out and it was the alternator not charging that's right and voltage was low voltage was low when the transmission computer saw low voltage it just it throws it into limp mm-hmm. so this guy was looking came in asking to saying that his transmission was not working without yeah. he was expecting a transmission repair and just turned out to be ironically he was looking for another transmission shop down the street when he just happened to see us and, and pulled in and I said, well, they're down the street, but you know, we could certainly check it for you. He said, well, great. He says, I, I, I really don't want to drive it. I know it needs a transmission, and it's a company car. They've got a credit card. They're going to get it done, so just go ahead and put it. I said, whoa, 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 let's, let's stop and check the vehicle. Yeah. So the first thing I noticed when I got in, the battery is definitely down. We run a battery check, and the alternator is not charging at all. It's only got 10 volts in the system. I said, well, we got to put an alternator on before we can do anything, before we can even check it. So put an alternator on while you wait it, and wham, it's shifting just like a dream. So it didn't need a transmission at all. It's just the alternator was causing system voltage low, which was causing the transmission not to shift. That's right. And all manufacturers have different strategies of what they're going to do when the computer sees a problem. Just on that model Dodge, their strategy is put it in second gear, and and that's all they get is reverse in second gear. It doesn't shift. It's called limp mode because you can limp home in second gear. And in second gear, you can still take off, and you can achieve some measure of speed. If it was in first gear, you couldn't go anywhere very fast. If it That's was in third right. gear, you couldn't take off. So they just selected second as a way to get you home in case the, tr- the computer fails or something. That's right. And it's a good feature, but the downside of it, anything that it sees, you're stuck in second gear. Well, and if you just go around and say how much the rebuilt transmission and get in touch with the wrong guy, That's first right. thing he's going to do is pull the transmission out. <laughs> That's right. And take it apart. Well, now for, you're going to get a transmission. They'll take the transmission out and take it apart for free. Oh, absolutely. But, Everything's free. You know, then, until he hits then, you with a $4,000 bill and you're stuck got the same problem because you got a bad alternator <laughs> that's right so yeah that's definitely not the way to go about that hey we got david online good morning david good morning josh and good morning lewis yes morning. sir 
One of major insurance companies offers a, a gadget that you plug into the code reader and drive yes. around mm-hmm. for a while, mm-hmm. and then I guess you send it back to them and they offer you a discount or not. What exactly can they find out from that? Well, David, I'm glad you brought that up because we have had at least two of those that I know of that were causing some interference, causing either a check engine light or some shifting concern, have to take them back out. So what it does, technically, it goes into the OBD2 connector, and some of them may have a broadcast feature where they can actually communicate, and they know what vehicle speed you're going, they know the load on the engine, they know some of those types of things. I mean, technically, they can tell quite a bit of information from that. Other ones, you may have to take it out, send it to them, they can download the information. It just depends on what type it is. But when you interface with the obd2 connector you can get an awful lot of information about the vehicle as far as the speed is being driven the load under which it's being driven how far it's being driven how fast it's being driven that sort of thing and i think that's what they're looking for people who often ride around with the accelerator to the floor and driving at high speeds they're considering a higher risk and i think that's their premise but we have had a couple of those that were causing interference issues we have to actually take them back out Okay, I appreciate the information. Okay, Dave, thanks for calling, man. Thank you. Mm, bye-bye. All right, we got to take our last little break, but if you will hold on, we're going to be right back with a whole lot more information on the Automotive Hour. And that's why you never put a dead or live octopus in the microwave. Hey, it's the Ask Alphonse Show with me, Alphonse the Know-It-All Cajun. Hey! Caller, what you want to know? Alphonse, my old truck needs some repairs. Or should I buy a new one to save money? Well, let me get out my calculator here. Let's say a new truck costs about $35,000 plus $3,500 or so in taxes, then higher insurance. And you know, in about three years, the value is going to drop to about $15,000. That's $8,000 a year just to drive it. Wow, I've never thought of it like that. I suggest taking it to Agco Automotive for a general inspection to see if your old truck is worth keeping, which I think it is. And if so, keep bringing it to Agco for regular maintenance, and you'll be able to drive it for a whole lot longer. And I can spend money on other things like my beautiful wife. I'm assuming she's right there in the room with you, huh? Alphonse, you do know it all, don't you? Learn more about the benefits of Agco at agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O.com. Agco. It's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, president of Agco Automotive. Got our automatic transmission guru, Mr. Josh Wilson, right here with me. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you might have. we still got a few minutes left. We can get an answer out for you. If for some reason you can't call in, you guys go to the website. It's agcoauto.com. That's A-G-C-O-A-U-T-O. Stands for Altazan's Garage Company. And you go to that website, go to the contact bar, send me an email. I'll get an answer right back to you. That's the other way you can always get in touch with me. We were talking just for the break, Josh, about things that can make a transmission act up other than the transmission itself. That's right. It, the transmission, the computer uses several different inputs to determine how the transmission is going to shift where to put the pressure of the transmission and name a few of those mass airflow sensor Mm -hmm. the map sensor the throttle position which you know a lot of the newer cars have the accelerator pedal position pedal position says app sensor app sensor Mm -hmm. it uses all of those sensors uh, the speed sensor temperature outside everything is calculated into that computer for the optimum transmission pressure and shift points Mm -hmm. so any one of those sensors not reading right and dropping out can cause you some transmission concerns either not shifting shifting hard shifting early shifting late that's right and and 
the last thing you want is somebody taking off and going into the transmission looking for a shift problem that is outside being caused by one of the computer inputs. Well, I've heard you say a million times, all diagnosis ends when the transmission comes out of the car. So right. if you talk to someone about a transmission problem and say, well, we're going to take it out and take it apart, all everything's ended at that point. You're not going to be able to tell anything because once it's apart, basically you're into a rebuild. And the rebuild, not only the fact you may or may not have needed that, but the point is you may still have the same exact problem when you go back in. I remember several years ago we had a Toyota transmission came in the shop, and it had been all over the place. In fact, I think it may have had a rebuilt transmission put in it trying to solve an issue. And we found a ground wire that was off. Yeah, I think I remember that was actually at a dealership that had replaced knock sensors on the mm-hmm. motor. And being the, it was actually a Lexus front wheel drive and all wheel drive. And it was pretty labor intensive to take the top half of the motor off to get to the knock sensors. Mm-hmm. And on the back of the intake, there was a ground wire that wasn't bolted back up. Mm-hmm. Through that transmission computer, just it was doing all kind of crazy. It was stuff. doing crazy stuff. It was, it was just no rhyme or reason. Just bang shifting. Uh, it would shift one, two, three, three, two, one. You know, it would just go up and down, just going pretty much crazy. Right, and that could end up with someone putting a transmission in the car, which on that particular vehicle could be three to four thousand dollars, and you would still have the same exact problem right. because this right. wire was way up on top of the motor. Right, and and problems like that, it may set a code, but. A ground wire being left off that those codes will well it's not going to ever set you. ground wire off code because <laughs> there's no such code <laughs> no it's going to set some kind of other circuit code solenoid or high a bad solenoid b bad shift point erratic it may set a speed sensor code it may set all any number of any codes, number of codes that depending on what it sees send you completely in the wrong direction so really I guess the main point is, if you have transmission problem, you got to have somebody who's really, really on top of it to track it down and get you going in the right direction. Well, the absolute worst thing you can do is get on the phone and start calling around and say, how much is a rebuilt transmission? That is the absolute worst thing you can do, because if you get to the wrong guy, he just qualified you for a transmission. All he has to do is hit you with the right number, give you a, we're going to do this for free, we're going to do that for free, we're going to throw it in for free, we're going to take it apart for free. Once he's gotten his shop taken apart, all diagnosis is over, and he has spiked the job because nobody else is going to touch it once he's taken it apart. That's right. Once it's disabled, I mean, you are, you're pretty much stuck with where your vehicle is. That's right. It's really, really difficult to tow so, the vehicle out of there. And Well, you're not going to get out. all your parts, for one thing. So whatever, wherever you go, you're going to have a bigger problem you had before. And the point is, take all the time that you're going to waste doing all that and check the reputation of different shops in your area. Knows what you might do is call a shop that you know or a shop that you've used that does not do transmission work and say, hey, if you had a transmission problem, where would you go? That's right. And one of the perks that we have have come up and that you have developed at AGCO mm-hmm. has, has really been where we interface with each other. My transmission department and the engine department and Brian, the body line and frame and, and all that. Yes. Frame, any of us have any problems that we think is not related to our section we work back and forth right and in-house specialists I can just go we can grab, confer among each other yeah i can just go grab jeff or paul or chris or somebody and we'll both go ride in the vehicle looking at the data right the you say well yeah i've seen that that's going to be blah 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 and it's nothing to do with this it's just causing this right. so then we can hand it off to the other guy who's that's a specialist in that particular department whereas if you were in a transmission or special shop a engine repair shop they would have to send it down the road and get it checked out over there. That's right. Hey, I tell you, we have squandered another perfectly good hour. 
I want to tell everybody how much I appreciate them listening this morning and every Saturday morning on Automotive Hour. If you listen to us on Stitcher or iTunes or any other fine podcast service, go ahead and give us a written review. We certainly appreciate that. It also moves us up in the ratings so more folks can listen to us. We're going to go ahead and get on out here. You have a great weekend.